would like to thank our amazing sponsors, Touring Plans Travel. Their destination specialists work with you to plan and book your trip. Whether you're traveling to a theme park, headed out on a cruise, or wanting to get away anywhere in the world, as experts in smart travel, their agents suggest the best itineraries and activities to fit your family's needs and handle all the reservations on your behalf. There is no cost to you or your family when using Touring Plans Travel Services, and you may even save some money if discounts become available after booking. So head over to touringplans.com travel and tell them Rope Drop Radio sent you. Now, on to the show. Helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Disney today, Doug. All, all over the, the world. Parks. We've had people who have done the challenges we're taking challenges this week to the extreme with our guest around the globe all the parks it is exciting uh but first we have to give a shout out to stephanie thank you so much for joining the rope drop radio community getting the after show content and all sorts of fun things that we're doing with our amazing community and love of course the social media side and all the questions we might have a couple questions from our patreon group for our guests today even well, thank you so much to the patrons that support the show. Also, the people that support the show by giving us a five-star review five on stars. Apple Podcasts. The, the five is the key. You leave a five-star review, we will read it eventually on air. So this week's five-star review is titled Phenomenal. Yes, they must truly listen. I think they just wanted everybody to take an extra drink tonight. All right, so it's by Bobo Sickles. Can't make that is that a up. phenomenal That's, name. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're at multiple phenomenals already, folks. I hope you're prepared. All right. I started planning a WDW trip a few months ago knowing nothing. After listening to these two entertaining gents, I feel ready to take on the parks. Thank you for your humor, your joy, and your down-to-earth and honest approach to all things Disney. I like it. Thank That's you so one. much. That is a great one. Better than that weird one star we just got where we know nothing about Disney, obviously. They know nothing. That's it. That's That was the review. So uh, feel free to check that out and leave a five star to help offset that one. But uh, we have a great show this week that I feel is worth a lot of five stars because we have a guest who has taken the challenge not just to do every ride at Walt Disney World. No, no, no. He did all 12 parks around the world in just... 12 days. Is it possible? I didn't think it was, but we're going to hear all about it from Nathan Firesheets. Thank you so much for joining us on Rope Drop Radio. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to come explain how you did this crazy thing and why. But before we get to it, why don't you give a very brief, because we got a lot to get to, so a brief dive into your Disney background. So a lot of people are... Some people may have seen some of the Disney challenges that I've done over the last five years, but what a lot of people don't realize is that before I started doing these challenges in 2018, I had barely ever gone to Disney before. Um, I I went one day at the Magic Kingdom when I was four years old, uh, then a four-day trip my senior year of high school to Disney World, uh, which incidentally happened to be while they were doing the soft open of Expedition Everest. So that was a very pleasant surprise. We wandered into the back of the park. They're like, come ride this ride. And we're like, what, there's a roller coaster? That was that was amazing. Uh, then in 2012, I started you know, traveling around and doing coasters and things. And 
I did a one-day visit to Disneyland with a park hopper. Then the next year, I was in Orlando for a work thing, did four days at Disney World. And then I went back to Disneyland in 2015 for another day. And my very my third day back at Disneyland, the third time I'd ever been to Disneyland, I walked in, saw a Main Street vehicle, went, huh, these are the things that trip people up when they do those parkeology challenges in Orlando. Decided to get on it, and then figured I'd try to ride as many things as I could that day. I'd walked in at 8.15 after rope drop, no plan, didn't know the parkeology rules, didn't know how many rides there were, and just decided I was just going to go for it. Like, I knew I needed to ride all the rides that moved and take selfies, and that was all I knew. And that day I rode 50 of 51 rides and only missed out on the 51st because Radiator Springs Racers broke down at the end of the night and didn't reopen. That's incredible. My third day at Disneyland ever. No plan, no nothing. That's impressive. Um, You're a machine. I just born I, for I, it. I, I've, I've told this to a few people, and I, I have no explanation for it, but I have this weird innate ability to just understand crowd flows at theme parks. It's just intuitive to me, and I just can go, okay, I need to go boom, 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 and it just it just makes sense in my head, and I have no idea how I do it. It doesn't make sense. But a couple months after that, I was back out in L.A. for work. I did my first real challenge, got up the next morning, felt good, did another challenge. Uh, I believe that was the first ever back-to-back completion. Then I said, okay, well, now it's time to try World. Uh, and I went and I got an annual pass to Disney World, and it made a whole bunch of ill-fated attempts because I hadn't been to Disney World in five years, and had only been five days before that, and eventually you know, learned how things how things worked. Did uh, got a completion on Galaxy's Edge opening day. Went back a couple of days later. Did that again. Had done some more Disneyland stuff. No fast passes. All attractions in a day. Just different things to keep it interesting and fun. And then the thing that people would know me from before this was the Coast to Coast Challenge in 2019 where I did everything at Disneyland in a day and then everything at Disney World the next day, 94 rides in 36 hours. Ooh. And I thought that was the pinnacle, that that was it. That was that was the biggest thing I was going to do. That was my claim to fame, my notoriety, you know, first coast to coast ever. And then the Disney Global Ride Challenge happened. So what made you decide to do this 12-day, 12-park around the earth challenge well so the crazy thing is you know it's crazy when you look at it from the the after perspective i've done this thing but if you look back at how little disney i'd had up until the last five years and you 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 notice that well i i do all these other theme parks and things and so i i like to travel around visit theme parks enjoy rides use that as a jumping off point to do other cool culture things last summer i did uh two and a half weeks in germany and that was a super cool trip. And I said, okay, well, what for 2023? And I was looking at the calendar and looking at the parks. And a lot of the parks in Europe that I wanted to visit, their big new rides were 2024 rides. So I said, okay, I need to save big Europe trip for 2024. So what do I do in 2023? You know what? Why don't I try to see if I can visit all the Disney parks? You know, that would be a good thing to do this year. Yeah, they're always opening new things. But this would be a good a good thing to do this year. And so it's like, okay, well... What does that look like? And then I just started, for whatever reason, chaining the parks together into this one long, you know, trip. And I went, huh, you know, I could, you know, if I took, you know, two weeks or so, I could probably do, you know, visit all the parks and, you know, have a couple of days at each and be like, oh, okay. And then 
I had to shelve it because this was August of 2022 and China was still closed to visitors. Japan was closed to visitors. You certainly couldn't go between the two countries. And somewhere along the way, I went, you know, when this happens, I'm going to try to do all the rides. But I had to wait for the restrictions to drop. Uh, and that took until early January when those when those last restrictions uh, finally dropped. And I went, OK, this thing this thing can actually happen. But I have to look and see when are the flights available? What are the hours? What's realistic that I could get to the parks and do the stuff and then get to the next thing? And the way everything laid out, it ended up being, you know, 12 days, uh, 12 parks in 12 days, which was very poetic. And I went, OK, yeah, we can do this. Got everything locked in early February or so. You know, I was still you know, finalizing some of the details and, you know, there's lots of planning and strategizing and things. But you know, some of that went all the way up to the last minute getting getting that stuff in. But it was it really the, the most of the planning was January through you know, early March. So pretty compact planning process there. And, and so do you think it made it actually kind of easier that you only had a, a limited amount of time to plan it rather than like a six months where you could him and haw over every flight choice or yeah, it's kind of like, this is it. There's definitely the risk of overthinking. And because I, it was okay. The restrictions are lifted. And I went, when can I go and afford to be gone from work for two weeks? Okay. There's a window in March. And I basically just had to go, okay, this is when I'm doing it. Are there flight options that I can go kadook, 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 kadook? Okay, this seems to lay out in a way. And then I just had to commit to it and lock it in. But you're not even missing like the money part of it too. You had to, it's a financial commitment as well. I, I, I knew that it was going to cost somewhere between ten and $15,000. Um, I didn't know where in that, in that range it was going to fall. Um, but I figured that for a once in a lifetime crazy thing, that you know, it was worth the expenditure um, to make the trip of a lifetime, memories of a lifetime, you know, just just kind of commit to it. But what sucks is because it was such a short planning time time frame, I didn't get great rates on things, um, and I had some of these that I didn't lock in fast enough. And even just in a couple of days of dithering, the prices went up by hundreds of dollars. Um, then. Uh, my flight from uh, my original flight from Hong Kong to Tokyo got canceled and I had to rebook on another flight for a lot more money and lost time uh, that, you know, I was going to be able to have a lot more time at Hong Kong Disneyland. And that got shortened to just basically two hours on the second day uh, because I had to go catch that other flight. But the craziest part about this, I didn't realize that I was booking this trip on top of spring break. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I committed to this and I was so focused on trying to make sure that I hit Tokyo Disney on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, because those parks can get so insanely crowded that I completely missed the fact that that was putting me at Disneyland Thursday, Friday, and then at Walt Disney World the Saturday, Sunday between the two busiest spring break weeks of the year. Yeah. Like, and, and by that point, by the time I realized that everything else was locked in and I went, why is all star sports 200 and something dollars a night? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> Walt yep. Disney world in March, Doug and I know this yep. well. Yep. Mid April yeah. would have been a much more pleasant experience for that, but yeah. who knows what holidays you could have hit in Japan. You know, yeah. you would have needed to look that up again to your point. The, the fact that I just, I had to just lock in and go with it. That kept me from dithering. And I'm glad that I did what I did when I did it. It worked out fine. I'm happy with it. 
yeah, there's no telling you know, what else would have changed in the world between then and sometime in April. Yeah, would other crowds have changed? Would other logistics mm-hmm. have changed? Like, who knows? Yeah, you know, it, during this process, as it was going, the entry requirements kept changing. You know, the restrictions, like a lot of those restrictions dropped. When I committed to this, I was going to have to go find somewhere in Shanghai to go get a COVID test because I needed a negative PCR result before I could get on the plane to go to Hong Kong. And I needed to show that same PCR result before I got on the plane to go to Tokyo. And then when I landed in Tokyo, they were going to do a test there at the airport before they released me to go back to my hotel. And so I had all of that logistically that I was going to have to deal with. And then just in the last you know week or two before the trip, I found out that those restrictions got dropped. The masking restrictions in Hong Kong and Tokyo got dropped. Literally, the day I landed in Tokyo was the first day that they didn't have a mask restriction. Yeah, I still had to go in Paris to get a COVID test um, to to be able to fly to Shanghai. But that was that was really the the biggest thing at that point. But yeah, just the timing on this, just everything kind of dropped like dominoes, and it just it just worked. Those were kind of the hurdles. The planning was shortened, all that stuff. Let's actually get into the actual challenge. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning. You started in Paris, and how did that look? What was your day to day? Just walk us through the twelve days now. Yeah. So um, one thing that I did do um, was before the challenge itself started, I took I had about a day and a half in Paris to acclimate to the time change, recover from the jet lag of flying from Atlanta, and then also just kind of enjoy the park, see a lot of the details and things. Uh, that was one of the things that everybody's like, oh, how could you possibly see anything or have any fun? It's like, well, I built extra time in on the front end for Paris, extra time in on the back end for Orlando. I'm in L.A. all the time. Uh, I had three days in, in Tokyo, and then I shortchanged Shanghai and Hong Kong a little bit, but I'll get to the why in a minute. But so at the front end, I had that little extra time in Paris to kind of see the park and see the detail and enjoy it, see the nighttime show and all that. So and was I this get, your first time? This yeah, was this was my first time My there? first time okay. in Disneyland Paris. I'd never been to Shanghai or Hong Kong either. And in 2018, I went to Tokyo and I, I had a day in each park in 2018. Yeah. Uh, but again, that was that was, again, very early in all of my my Disneyfication stuff. So I was I was tackling the parks then as a just a normal, not a challenge, not a seasoned challenge veteran back then. And I wasn't looking at it from that perspective at all. But in Paris, you know, I, I got a lay of the land the first couple of days. I found, you know, some rides that I really liked. Uh, I discovered that I really, really greatly dislike the uh, the little cars spinning ride thing. Those little those little cars are super tiny and they're very hard metal. And if you're not really tight on the seatbelt, it will fling you around. And you'll slam your knees into the inside of that tiny little metal car and it hurts. <laughs> and it's your challenge on day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't so, want to get hurt on day one. I mean, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Well, yeah, but see, that's the thing. One of the things I didn't really publicize during the challenge was how badly my knees were killing me. Like to the point where like going up and down stairs was just agonizing. And I'm still not entirely sure if the cause was banging them around on that car spinning ride. Yeah, you know, that first full day in Paris or the really awful bed I had at Sequoia Lodge that I swear was just a box spring. It was so hard. Uh, or if it was just you know being on them, moving around, using them, or, or you know doing something wrong in just my activity level, I really don't know which of the three it was. As of you know, the second day of the trip, I was I was really hurting. 
And I, I didn't make a big fuss about it in real time because, yeah, I just I figured stay positive, stay positive. But yeah, it, whenever whenever I make the video come out, if I actually do my 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 real narration of what I was what I was saying into the camera, it was rough. Yeah, I powered through as best I could. I, I made good time through the rides at Disneyland Paris, and then I had to leave to go to the airport to get my COVID test to go to Shanghai. And I, it had to be within 48 hours of the flight. So that meant that one of the first two days of the challenge, either the first day of the challenge or the second day when I was flying, I had to go to the airport to get a COVID test and leave enough time to get a result. And I had to go get it printed off because you needed a hard copy and then still do all the park stuff. Well, the day before I started the challenge was the day the Paris transit strike started. Awesome. Oh, Perfect. Great timing. So, Gotta love yeah. the trains, the, the yeah. strikes. So you may be familiar, if you're familiar with Disneyland Paris, you may know mm -hmm. that the TGV runs from Charles de Gaulle Airport to Disneyland yep. Paris. It is one stop, takes mm -hmm. 10 minutes, and it's 20 bucks. Super uh, awesome, convenient. It's super awesome, it's super convenient. It's easy. It's fantastic. The transit strike canceled my train tickets. Oh. Um, so I had to take an Uber to the airport, 70, 80 bucks, um, and, the, and took an hour instead of a 10-minute train ride. Each way, right? Each way, yeah. yeah. yeah that, 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 that about each, each way and time. Uh, get to the airport, go do the test, come back. So I was gone for over three hours in the middle of the day the first day. And it was raining. And so there were there were some closures and things. Uh, Autopia closed and, and reopened and then closed again. So I wasn't able to get Autopia that first day. Uh, and the horse-drawn streetcars never came out that day, but I got all the other rides, which is really amazing when you consider mm -hmm. the fact that I was gone for three hours in the middle of the day, and I, I had time to get Autopia. It just didn't reopen after the rain, but that was day one, so it's like, okay, we can do this. So day two, I actually overslept a bit. Uh, not super bad, but a little bit, so it was a bit, bit of a rush start to the morning, but I was able to get into the park, go get the horse-drawn streetcars, get Autopia, and then that cleared out everything at Disney, the Disneyland Paris Resort. Because I, I did Walt Disney Studios right after I got back from my COVID test. I just knocked all those out. Yeah, that's. I was going to ask, did you do that in the first day? Like, you can get a completion at Disneyland Paris almost on accident. Um, yeah. It's... So, yeah. So, Walt, Walt Disney Studios was, I think I got back around 3 p.m. That took, you know, two and a half, three hours or so, somewhere in that range to get all those rides, basically no time at all. Um, and then I, I went back over and it got, I had almost everything done on the, the Disneyland Paris side. Uh, but yeah, that's the reason why Walt Disney Studios on my, on my buttons is park number one, because I actually finished that on the first day. And it took the morning of the second day before I finished Disneyland Paris because of Autopia and the streetcars. So then did you get to relax just a hair before you headed to the airport again to get on your flight? Yeah, so that that let me the second day I was able to to go get those rides, um, and I don't remember the exact timing if I because I because I overslept I didn't have time to pack uh, everything up in the room, so I ran out and got those two rides, and then I ran back to the hotel to pack everything up and check out and leave my bags at the front desk, and then went back into the park again to re-ride a handful of my favorites and get lunch. Uh, nice. My flight that night wasn't until like 9 p.m., so I had tons of time. But the reason for that is uh, Air France used to run three flights a day 
between Paris and Shanghai. Since COVID, they run three flights a week. Oh. So you, okay. if you if you want to go, you go Tuesday night, Thursday night, or Saturday night, and that's it. Those are your options. So it, everything with this trip was constrained by what are the flight times, what's available. And there a lot of them is certain days of the week. All right. So wrapped up Paris on the flight to Shanghai. You land in Hopefully Shanghai. Hopefully you get a little bit of sleep on the airplane and right? rest yeah. up. So, Hit the so ground running. A, yeah, so that was a 12-and-a-half-hour flight. <laughs> but with the time change, you know, it started at like 9 p.m. Thursday, Thursday night, I think. But we landed in Shanghai at 5 p.m. Friday night. So, like, you lose an entire day there. It, there was no get off the plane in Shanghai, rush to the park, and get stuff done that night. Like, that, that just wasn't happening. And it took, like, an hour for me to clear, you know, immigration because this is this is one of the other pieces. China wasn't issuing tourist visas. Like you can't. Or I think they've opened up some of this since then. But at the time, you couldn't go to China on a tourist visa because you couldn't get one. If you had like a business reason or if you were a resident or something. You know, yeah. But the only way I could go to Shanghai was using their 144 hour visa free transit program, uh, which basically has very strict requirements that you have to meet where you have to fly from country A into China and then on to a third country C within 144 hours. And it can't be another city in mainland China or the, orig the originating country that you started from. And that includes connections. So you couldn't have a connection that goes through uh, you know, a city that you... So like the original plan was to do Paris to Hong Kong to Shanghai to Tokyo, but all the flights from Shanghai to Tokyo connected through Hong Kong or mainland China, both of which would have violated the terms of the visa-free transit program. Uh, so I had to do Shanghai to Hong Kong. That meant that when I got to the Shanghai airport, this is such a rarely used thing right now because who's going to China? They didn't have the desk staffed in the, at the immigration border control at the airport to process me. They had to call somebody to come over to open a desk. At one point, they had seven agents sitting there working on trying to get me in. Uh, and it wasn't that you know there was anything wrong. It's just they weren't. This this wasn't something they were doing. So it took a while for them to figure out all the paperwork and all the stuff. And yeah, if I'd been planning to go spend time that night at the park, it would have been a really really discouraging evening. Fortunately, I planned that it was going to take a while to get there. Um, and just had written that entire day off to travel and then committed. I have all day Saturday to do the junk out of Shanghai Disneyland, but I have the one day. So your one shot at Shanghai, how did it go? Rope drop, go good, smooth, <laughs> everything perfect. <laughs> so I made a colossal mistake. Uh, I had breakfast at the hotel because yeah. I right. thought pop tarts I had in your room. No, so like they had, had breakfast buffet. No, they had a breakfast buffet in the restaurant. Yeah, so the night before, I had done their Chinese buffet in the restaurant for dinner. That's and called so, a buffet. Yeah, so I got <laughs> up. I got up the next morning. You know, had breakfast. I was like, oh, I've got plenty of time. I could just get there, pop to the park. And you know, when I'd asked, uh, they told me, no, no, you can't walk to the park. You have to take the bus because I'd planned to just walk. Mm. Like, no, no, you got to take the bus. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I finished breakfast. I got at least a half an hour until early entry starts. You know, they, they say the buses start running at you know, 730 or whatever. But it's OK, so I'll be out there before then. I walk out the door and I'm faced with this insane line of people waiting for this bus. And it is so long. 
and I go, oh, no, uh, because Shanghai Disneyland is like the most insanely busy park that you'll ever see. Like the Tokyo parks are, are, are crazy, but they at least have a lot of rides. Shanghai doesn't have a ton of stuff. And, you know, the lines will regularly get to an hour, two hours, three hours for stuff like you'll wait an hour for Dumbo. Mm. Like it's just, it's crazy. And I was counting on having that early entry to get a good head start on things, you know, hoping to get a couple of rides on Tron, get the day started off right. And I screwed up because I wasn't thinking about how long the line was going to be for the bus. So I was standing in the line. I'm waiting for the line. We're progressing. You know, early entry starts. We're already eating into the hour. I'm still not on the bus. And then I have a realization that I don't have my passport. And in Shanghai you have to show your ID when you use your ticket. Ooh. So fortunately, somebody, two people behind me in line spoke English, and I went, please hold my spot. I have to go run and get my passport. And I had to go run to my room to go get it. Now, circle back to, to what I mentioned earlier. My knees were killing me at this point. Running was not a good idea, <laughs> but it was my only option. And you were early in the trip, it. too. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is like my third real day. Yeah, day technically is day four, but the the third real day, and I barely make it back down uh, to the line before the guy that was behind me was going to get on the bus. Uh, otherwise, the spot would have been gone, and I would have been even further back. Then we finally get off the bus at the park, and there's a huge line to get into the park. Um, and it just it took forever, and I think I had just enough time to get one ride in on Tron before the, the floodgates opened uh, and everybody came pouring in from the front of the park. But fortunately, it was enough to get in line for the jetpacks. It's not really an Astro Orbiter, but it's, it's a spinny kind of ride mm -hmm. thing. The ride vehicles are very different. But that was one that didn't have a line skip option and regularly gets to 50, 60, 70 minutes. And I was able to get in line, in line for it just as the, the wave of cra of the crowds coming in from the front of the park were getting there. So I just barely, by the skin of my teeth, made it ahead of, of that crowd, and I got on in about 10 minutes, but I had to wait like half an hour for the, uh, for the carousel after that because um, the lines were already crazy, and that was the, the shortest thing to do. Then I just kind of worked my way around the park, used a ton of Premier Access, which is their line skip system. When I, when I released my, my budgetary numbers, people were like, holy crap, you spent... 600 and something dollars on line skips. And I went, yeah, worth every penny over 300 of that was Shanghai alone. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I won't it, complain as much about genie plus it, worth every penny though, because mm -hmm. the lines there are so incredibly long. Um, it's just, it's the volume of people is so, so, so high for the number of rides and the capacity they have there. And it's great rides. It's great park, great people, but there's a lot of people. And that was the day after the um, the Red Panda debuted. And that was such a sensation that the park was sold out. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, it was. Okay. It you was picked a, a great very, day to go. Very, very, very busy day. Uh, it's it like you planned this just at the last minute. I mean, jeez. <laughs> so I, mean, yeah, I had a lot of strategies for things. I knew it was going to suck being there on a Saturday. But I wasn't expecting it to be literally sold out. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. So you're so trying you get, to weeble wobble around people, elbows. My goodness. That's. Yeah. So you get Shanghai done in a day, completed. 
Yeah. And then what's next? What's the next move? You get it done. Where are you off to? So, yeah, the next morning I flew to Hong Kong. And this was one one of those where there was no good way to have a full day in Hong Kong. Um, because it, that would have meant cutting Shanghai super short to try to get an evening flight. Um, or doing what I ended up doing, which was taking an early morning flight from from Shanghai to Hong Kong. And then I basically had from you know, 1 p.m., 1 or 2 p.m. or so to the end of the day. And then I had a little bit of time the next morning. But Hong Kong Disney doesn't open until 10.30 a.m. And a lot of their rides open even later than that. So when my original flight from Hong Kong to Tokyo got canceled, that meant that I really – I had to leave by like – I had to leave the park by like noon, 12.30 at the absolute latest. So that that was – I was going to have, you know, an hour, hour and a half, two hours at the absolute most the second day. So that really was an emergency buffer. So the goal was get everything done that first afternoon and evening so that I don't need the emergency buffer. And it started off pretty good, but I ran into problems where I couldn't buy Premier Access. I, I, got, I had two purchases go through. Uh, one was a bundle of a number of rides. Was your this, credit card like, yeah, this isn't right. No, this it, guy it, it, was it, just here. Nope. I don't think so. <laughs> I tried I tried multiple different cards, and I think it was just something with the app or, or whatever. I don't know. But I was able to buy a multi-pass that had like maybe six, six rides in it. Um, and then I was able to buy individual ones for RC Racer, and maybe Hyperspace Mountain was the other one that, that I bought separately, and those were the second, tr- the second transaction. But then I could not buy one for Dumbo or uh, a couple of the other rides. So I had to wait in a 45-minute standby line for Dumbo. And once you've been on Dumbo once and you went on it a lot of times, it, it might not be worth 45 minutes to you at this point. I can... Yeah, it really wasn't. But, you know, it's one of those, like, I couldn't, get get it the, done. I couldn't get the line skip. I had to get it done. It closed early with Fantasyland, so it's like, okay, I just got to suck it up. I grabbed myself a Mickey bar, stood in that line, and got on it, and, and continued on. I will say I really enjoyed uh, some of the rides they have in Hong Kong. Um, definitely a park that, that people should check out. Uh, you don't, don't sleep on Hong Kong Disneyland. But I managed to, to work my way through the rest of the rides, got, got it done by the end of the night, um, and so that was huge relief you know, weight off my shoulders um and then i was able to the next morning just kind of take it chill and rewrite a handful of favorites and not stress yeah i explored they had like an alice in wonderland kind of walk through may or it wasn't alice it was a uh, so some various fairy tale things like a walk through uh thing that was super cool uh and then rewrite a handful of my favorite rides uh and then i had to bail out of there to go catch my flight to tokyo Nice. So at that point, we're four parks down. You're doing good. You've made yeah. it so far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, get to Tokyo. Okay, we're we're ready to go. We've got a plan. And I check the uh, I check the the forecast the the night before I go to bed. It's like okay, it's going to be 50s, getting up into the 70s. Okay, great. I get up the next morning. I don't recheck it. I put on my shorts and my t-shirt. I head out to the park, and it is in the 40s. And then it stayed in the 40s. Oh, brutal. So I, I, had, a, I had a strategy for, for Tokyo Disneyland where you, you have 15 minutes of happy entry if you stay at the hotel 
uh, where you get in before the 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 normal guests. Fifteen, 15 minutes. Fifteen whole minutes. Let me tell you, that fifteen minutes is crucial. I bet. At Tokyo Disneyland. It, just as an example, the um, the area where they have their big Thunder Mountain, there's a big kind of rectangular plaza in front of it as, that you kind of walk up to the ride. Uh, it's just this nice big open spacious area. If you get to it before the crowds come in, completely empty. You know, work your way up through the line, get on the ride, fine. Ten minutes later, that entire plaza will be completely full of people in one very long, snaky line that's insane. It is just, you look at that and you go, that is an impossible number of people. And it's every ride at Tokyo Disney is just like that. You know, the, the lines snake so far uh, for, through the lands and around things. And you're like, this can't possibly be the line for that ride. And it is. And it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. It is, it is insane. So you have to be super strategic with what you're doing first thing in the morning. Uh, and I was able to go, in my 15 minutes, I was able to get on and off of Space Mountain, which regularly gets over an hour line. And then I made it back to Pooh's Honey Hunt just after it opened. I was able to get on and off of that relatively quickly. And then I was just able to get over to Big Thunder, and I waited 20, 25 minutes for Big Thunder, and I got off of that right around 9 o'clock when all the rest of the rides opened. Uh, and then I was able to kind of get a couple things in Fantasyland and kind of work through stuff from there. But they don't have line skips on most of their rides in Tokyo. Okay. In Tokyo Disneyland, you have the new Beauty and the Beast ride has a line skip. The Happy Ride with Baymax, which is essentially alien swirling saucers or Mater's uh, Junkyard Jamboree. It's that ride system, but themed to Baymax. Um, and then you have Splash Mountain. Those are the only ones with an available line skip at Tokyo oh. Disneyland. Disney Sea has a couple more, but those three are it at Disneyland. And when all the rides have 40 to 60 to 90 to 180 minute waits, you've got to be really, really strategic. But I was able to work my way through enough stuff early in the morning, just staying ahead of that wave of the crowd um, and use those three line skips judiciously that by the time I got to the early afternoon, I was feeling pretty good. It took a, took a nice lengthy brunch and, uh, and then tackled the rest of the stuff and still had time to, to go re-ride Beauty and the Beast another time or two um, and, uh, and a couple other things. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a, day, a park I was worried about because it's so unpredictable how those crowds are. And if you, if you miss time that wrong and you wait an extra 10 or 15 minutes at the wrong point in the morning, that just cascades and it, just, it can just upset your whole day. Nice. So... Um, so then the next day you did Disney seas, then I take yeah. it. Yeah. A similar sort of thing. Um, I, I knew that I had to, to rope drop effectively. Um, and I went for their Soren ride, which had a line skip, but the other stuff that was supposedly open during the, that 15 minute early entry, uh, wasn't really, it didn't make sense. Um, uh, but I had no hustle left in me with my knees and I, I was almost at the end of the line of the, that first 15-minute crowd that, that got in. Like I was like maybe the third person in the park, and I was so close to the end of that line by the time I got to that ride. It was, it was pretty bad. But I managed to get on and off of it um, and then went to, to the back of the park 
and um, Raging Spirits, which is their roller coaster, uh, that was open. And I was able to use the, the single rider line for that and get basically right on it. Uh, and then by that point, a lot of the small kiddie rides were opening, and I was, I was able to just blaze through those before they got any real weights. Um, and then I had Premier Access for Journey to the Center of the Earth, and then Tower of Terror and Toy Story Mania. And then it, I just had a couple of rides I had to wait you know, 20, 30 minutes for, and then the park was done. Uh, nice. Because I started with that strategy of get a couple of the big guys and then just run straight through all the little rides. Because waiting 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 minutes for each of those will just kill your day. But going bang, 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 bang through all of them right after they open, you're done with all of them in a half hour. So about what time did you get done with Disney Seas? I mean, I, I took it. I took it, you know, later in the day because um, I, I slowed down a bit. Um, I could I could go back and check my my actual timestamps and stuff, uh, but I think it was it was as the sun was setting because I think I ended with Aquatopia, so it might have been like six or so p.m. Uh, plus or minus, and I think I did a bonus ride on Journey to the Center of the Earth. So on days where you got done with the challenge aspect, and like you're not flying till the next day, right? Did that, you that's in... prime time for rerides? Okay, you did rerides. Did you ever take in some evening entertainment, like uh, yeah, fireworks so, and stuff too? Yeah. So I saw the the fireworks show in Paris the night before I started. Um, then in Shanghai and Hong Kong. I had premier access for a reserve seating area to see those fireworks at both of those parks. Um, I think I skipped them in Tokyo, but I did on the Disney Sea Day. One of the things that, that took some time, I, I went and I saw Big Band Beat, um, which was one of their shows. Uh, apparently, they're running a limited version due to COVID, and I was not a fan, but apparently the real version is much, much better. If I get the chance to go back, you know, maybe I'll try but I did see that show. I did some exploring of things, you know, walk through attractions, things like that. You know, I took extra time to eat. Um, you know, I, I did try to make sure, and especially like if I looked like my pay, I was good on pacing, you know, for time, you know, I would try to, to just do things to, to add enjoyment. Like when I was at Disney, Tokyo Disneyland, I spent like half an hour just exploring their, you know, Tom Sawyer's Island um, because I knew, I knew I was good on pacing. You know, once you get to a certain point, it's like, OK, I know I'm going to have this and this and this. That'll take three or four hours, but I've got eight and a half hours left. So, like, I'm good. Uh, so then you just really I can you actually know, slow, go to the bathroom. Got enjoy it. It. Yeah. Yeah. You got time to go to the bathroom. I, I took a leisurely, you know, uh, buffet lunch on my Disneyland. Day. I took a sit down lunch at Disney Sea. you know, but you really you have to get to the point where you're confident in your pacing and you, you have much less stuff left to do than you have time. Uh, got it. And, and once you, once you got that, okay, I'm good. I'm got, I got the comfort level. I can really just enjoy this, you know, souvenir shop, you know, just check out the castle, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And then, and then I also additionally had an extra half a day at Tokyo Disney the following day. Cause again, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do each of those parks mm -hmm. in one day. So I had a little bit of extra time on that third day before my flight to Los Angeles. Nice. Um, so I was able to go back and re-ride some highlights. Got multiple extra rides on Beauty and the Beast. Totally worth the premier access fee because uh, that ride is amazing. And yeah, just you know, made the most of it and then 
flew to LAX. All right, so we're in the home stretch here. We'll we'll kind of run through these parks a little faster because we've talked yeah. parkeology, we've talked every ride oh, yeah. challenge in the past with both Disneyland, Disney World, with some great guests. But um, your your flight into LA now Disneyland was probably where you had the closest call. Explain yeah. that. Dis- Disneyland was tough, so. Uh, I get into to L.A. Uh, around lunchtime. I land at the airport, and then Disneyland closes at midnight. LAX is, you know, an hour away. I had to go get to the hotel, drop my stuff, get into the parks, and start doing stuff. And I get in. I start going through. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like I'm doing pretty good, but then I get to a certain point towards the evening, and I'm like, I got more stuff to do than I've got time. And Fantasyland didn't clear out. Um, they, they were doing a projection show, not a fireworks show, which meant Fantasyland didn't close. But it also meant that people didn't clear out. Like Darn a lot of spring times, breakers. Yeah. So, you know, it's you know, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And all these rides in Fantasyland still have 15, 20, 30 minute lines. And it's like, I've got to do all of this. And I need these. I need several of these rides to be walk-ons, in order to be able to be in line for Peter Pan by the end of the night. And I was like, man, this isn't going to happen. Everybody on Twitter was like, you can do it. You can do it. We believe in you. We believe in you. I'm like, Ugh. okay. So I just kind of sucked it up, and I, I, I'm like, okay. I know I have to wait for for these rides for this amount of time. I just have to hope that by the time I get done and off of those, that everything else has dropped down enough, you know, that I can get on and off of those quickly. And I get in line for Alice, and I'm just like, man, I just got to suck it up with this, you know, this 25-minute wait for Alice. And that line moved. And I have never seen that long of a line for Alice move that fast. Um, And for whatever reason, at that point, nobody was coming up and using exit passes, which, you know, cuts down the capacity. And so that line went way fast. And I got off of Alice, and I went, okay, this could be possible. And I get back around into Fantasyland proper, and it had started clearing out. It's like, oh, okay. So I go and I do Pinocchio. And Pinocchio is basically a walk-on at that point. I get off Pinocchio, and I go to Crossover to, to go to Toad, and Toad is closed. Oh. It had broken down. And I went, oh, no. So I'm like, okay, well, then I, all I have to do at that point is go do Snow White and then hope that when I get off Snow White that Toad is back up. And I go and I wait for Snow White, and that moves you know, quicker than expected. And I come back across to check on toad. And as I'm walking up to toad, it reopens. Wow. I'm the second person into the queue when they, when they reopen, like I literally, I say into my camera that you could not be scripting this. It's it just the time. Like I, I, I don't even know if I broke stride walking basically straight into it. And I'm the second person on toad and I get off a of toad and I'm able to walk into pan four minutes to spare before midnight. And that was that was an incredibly close call. And I'm like just ecstatic that, you know, that, okay, holy crap, we've made this. This is doable. And that just means I have to get up the next morning, blaze through DCA. I had this this strategy to use early entry and I was going to go bang, bang, bang through some stuff, get back to the pier, knock all that super fast. And I, I had a plan to be done with DCA, all of DCA by like 1130 in the morning. Yeah, because I had a 2 p.m. flight to Orlando and I get all that. I get back to the hotel, get settled in, go to sleep. And the next morning I wake up after the parks already opened. Oh, no. 
I slept through four alarms. I mean, you've been going at a pretty insane pace. Your body is yeah. yelling at you. I mean, you. what time zone is it anyway? I mean, yeah. you're still on Paris time, I really. Had, I had been averaging four to six hours of sleep a night for you know, a week and a half at that point, at least. And my body just vetoed it and said, nope. And slept through all the alarms, missed early entry, missed rope drop, missed the first basically two hours of the park day. I think I got into the park around 10 o'clock. Like an um, average guest. Yeah. And, and instead of being able to clear DCA in you know three and a half hours, uh, it took close to 10 before I was finally done. Now, granted, I did stop and, and eat brunch in the middle of it. To, to, you know, let's, let's be honest. If you're having a really crummy day, you know, a lamplight brunch, you know, it, it, it helps. It helps. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Do that. But yeah, it, it just everything at DCA, it was St. Patrick's Day. You got spring break stuff. You have their food and wine festival. And it was a Friday afternoon in the evening. It was it was busy. Everything was busy. So you got um, your flight moved? Yeah. So, well, so I, I had to I had to cancel that flight. And then I had to pick up a ticket on the uh, the American Red Eye. Aha! Uh, I have done that flight. Yeah. So the uh, the Delta Red Eye didn't leave until midnight and get in at almost 8 a.m. But the American Red Eye left at 10.30 and landed at like 6 a.m. And I was like, okay, if I have to do it, that'll at least let me not miss early entry the next day at Disney World. So I managed to get everything done at California Adventure. It took the entire ding-dang day. Uh, which just goes to show you how important it is to hit the parks early and rope drop and rope drop rope drop is so critical. Um, And even if you know what you're doing and you've got great, great strategy, tons of experience, you're still going to have a bad time if you're not leveraging that rope drop. Right. So in future interviews, you're going to say rope drop so important. There's a whole radio station (laughs) for it. I mean, Thank you in advance. Right? Yeah. But yeah, so I, I did I did eventually manage to get done with California Adventure. Um, I do not at all recommend using my strategy from that day. Um, but we got <laughs> it done. It made it made it to LAX, got on my flight, got almost no sleep on the plane, uh, and then rolled off the plane, Ubered to the uh, hotel to drop off my bags, and then had them you know, wait for a minute and then take me over. Uh, I had them drop me at the Swan so that I could walk across the boardwalk, grab uh, a breakfast bagel, and then head to the International Gateway entrance at Epcot. And there I was met with another surprise, which is that they were letting guests into the park way early, even before early entry. And because I hadn't factored that in, I missed that first edge of the crowd that went straight back to Ratatouille. My original plan had been to hit Ratatouille during early entry from the International Gateway entrance and then run around and get frozen uh, and then go work my way through the rest of the park. But by the time I got in, the line ahead of me at Ratatouille was pretty significant. I was like, well, maybe I just go ahead and do it. And what day of the trip are we on at this point? You got 12 days this, this, as a this challenge. Is, this is day 11. 11. So you got yeah. two days to do Walt Disney World Two days for Walt Disney World. And, I've and done maybe all sleep. Disney World. Yeah, I've done all of Walt Disney World in one day. Right. But that was pre-pandemic mm-hmm. in the right conditions with the right crowds. And this is you Saturday, can hop Sunday, before two break. Yeah. But this is Saturday, Sunday between the two busiest spring break weeks of the year. 
you know, there's all these, you know, newer rides. You've got Guardians, you know, you've got uh, you know, Ratatouille had opened. I had the Tron D23 preview that night, you know, because I definitely wanted to get Tron in. So it's like, yeah, I really need to be efficient with this. Um, and so I'm sitting there, and then they say that Ratatouille is having some technical issues. They don't know exactly when it's going to be open. And I said, okay, I'm bailing on this. I, I picked up a lightning lane for it as a safety net. And so I said, okay, I've got a lightning lane. I'm going to bail on it. I'm just going to go head straight to Frozen. And I was the 12th person, I think, at Frozen. Nice. Um, and I don't know how. But over the course of the trip, by the time I got to this point, my knees weren't killing me anymore. You've gone full circle. To... It's like numb back up. Yeah, and I, w- I was able to actually... It was that red pace. eye. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I was able to actually keep pace with the front of that crowd all the way around from where they released on the border of Canada uh, all the way around to Norway, where I was able to be like the 12th person in line. I think it was on the second boat get on and off of Frozen, then it's like, okay, well, now what? Well, you know, Grand Fiesta Tour wasn't open yet. Test track was down. So, okay, well, go knock out Mission Space. So I did that, and I crossed over, went and got Soren, got Living with the Land, you know, got... I uh, can't remember if I did the Caesar Figment and then headed back uh, to use my Ratatouille Lightning Lane. Um, and forgive me, just in general, forgive me if I get some of the orders of this wrong. I don't have my spreadsheet. It's up all right. Yep. You're doing great. We, yeah. yeah. But We're living just, through you. Just worked my way around stuff. I crisscrossed Epcot like three times more than what I was expecting to do. So it was a ton of extra walking, but I managed to get everything. And I had to go do guardians, use my, so my, my virtual queue spot for that. I didn't get to like 75. So I, I bought the light, the individual lightning lane for it and was able to, to get in and use that because otherwise my virtual queue didn't get called until almost hop time. So it's, yeah, if I'd had to rely on that, that would have thrown me off for my hop to Animal Kingdom. But I got done so, with uh, Spaceship Earth and I get off Spaceship Earth and there's all these cast members standing there and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, that's odd. And then they just burst out into applause at me. And I'm like, holy crap. I, and they were they were basically there to congratulate me for finishing the park, cheer me on. They handed me a bottle of water and a, a souvenir pen, and they were just so excited what I was doing. Like, you can do this. You got this. Go, 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 go. And it was just awesome. it was insane to me. It was just, they were there, and they cared. And it's like, okay, like, okay, we could do this. So get done. Get out of there. Hop to Animal Kingdom. I'm there at, you know, ahead of the hop time. Get into the park. Head back. I, I was able to, I had an individual lightning lane for Flight of Passage, and I'd pulled a lightning lane for Navi because I, I'd been basically sitting there you know, looking for one mm-hmm. because I hadn't needed to use a bunch of lightning lanes at Epcot. Like, I think I, I had the Ratatouille lightning lane, and I'd purchased the individual lightning lane for Guardians, but I don't know if I used another lightning lane at Epcot. I think I did. I, maybe maybe I pulled an instant one for Spaceship Earth, but I I... I don't know if I did. I'd have to go back and look, but that basically let me, you know, as fairly early on, just start looking Stack for a Navi. Up. Uh, and so I had a I had a Navi, and then I was able to pull, I think, a Safari pretty quickly after that. And Animal Kingdom was basically empty. As it is after about three o'clock, yeah. Yeah, but this this was even slightly before that. But I just I blazed through Animal Kingdom. I I did run into an issue. At Cali, Cali was down, uh, but I, I kind of 
was looking and you know they were uh cycling some empty boats and maintenance had packed up and they, they were walking out and they looked they didn't look discouraged so i was like okay i'm just gonna camp out and wait for this to open rather than crisscrossing the park to come back and i'm glad i did because i basically walked straight on it one of the first people on it um and then you know single rider everest get dino ended on triceratop and now we are 10 parks down two parks to go and I had time to grab a bite to eat and then make it to Magic Kingdom to use my D23 Tron preview. Uh, and got, just spent a couple hours just riding Tron a whole bunch, you nice. know, just, just for fun. And worked my way through a few rides there at Magic Kingdom at the end of the night. Got up the next morning, finished most of the rest of Magic Kingdom. But Carousel of Progress was down. And I knew that I wanted to save Astro Orbiter to end on. So... With Carousel of Progress being down, that gave me a little bit of, you know, plausible deniability about what exactly my plans were. I think that kept a little bit of intrigue alive. Um, but that also meant that I was able to hop sooner to Hollywood Studios. I did not have Lightning Lane stacked for Hollywood Studios. Like, I had screwed up a couple of my drop times, um, and I just I didn't have... I wasn't in a position to grab Lightning Lanes when I needed to be. And I was just refresh, 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 refresh. And then I got the ride I needed. I, I got the next ride I needed. And then I got the next ride I needed. And it just kadoon, 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 kadoon. And I was just able to just blaze through Hollywood Studios way faster than I thought I would just from refreshing and getting lightning lanes and then being able to, to jump in and use them. And that was crazy to me. And so then I'm like, okay, well, I had this master plan to end at Magic Kingdom on Astro during the fireworks, but I've got like three hours to kill before the fireworks. So I finished too early. You know, it's crazy to think. I've done this whole thing and I finished mm -hmm. too early. The fact that, A, you finished and then you did it earlier. That's crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, I, was, I wasn't done done. I still had two rides left, but it's this debate of do I rush back to Magic Kingdom and get them done just to be done or do I take my time and try to get this cinematic finish that I'd been hoping for, you know, this finale on the, you know, during the fireworks on Astro, you know, I, I had a couple of people I was messaging back and forth with and they were like, look, just, you know, don't like completely slow roll it, but don't, don't rush. Like take the scenic route, take Disney transport. So I was like, okay. So I took the Skyliner to Epcot and then I took the friendship boats across the lagoon that I went out the front, took the monorail to the ticketing and transportation center, and I took the ferry boat across to Magic Kingdom. It's like a you know, seven-hour journey right yeah, there. That's, yeah. It's, you could have gotten That's a couple extra rides. Fast. Yeah, yeah, and I, I included those as ancillary rides in the count. You know, I mean, they're not in the parks, so they definitely don't count during challenges, but it's like, hey, I rode a thing. Sure, I'll take a selfie on it, throw it in the count as a bonus. Why not? And nobody seemed to have an issue with it, so, yeah, we're good. And then I get to Magic Kingdom. And I basically get right on to Carousel of Progress and I get off of it and I'm like, I've still got like an hour and a half to kill before the fireworks. Crap. And it's like, do I stand here and wait and chance something going wrong, a rain issue or a breakdown or whatever? I've got all these people that are tweeting me that they're, they're sitting there refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. They can't wait to get the last ride. I'm like, ah, what do I do? And I finally decide, look, I'm just going to, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to ride it. And then I'm going to get a re-ride during the fireworks. That'll be, that'll be my, go. like, I'll get it done to get the challenge done, but then I'll have my moment as a post-completion celebration victory lap. I was like, okay, I'll do that. 
And I get I get on I get off of Astro, and the cast members in Tomorrowland had gathered there at the bottom of the elevators. They had gotten everybody that was waiting in line for Astro, told them what was going on. The elevator doors open. I step off, and just the whole area erupts in a raucous applause. Um, they give me a, yeah, a Mickey pretzel, a cheese cup, a Mickey bar, you know, just all this stuff. And, yeah, they're celebrating. They're like, ah, everything's fantastic. I'm like, hey, any chance that uh, I can go uh, – go ride again during the fireworks you're like you want to stay on it during the whole fireworks i was like is that an option they're like yeah we can have it and so i was able to basically just sit there and chit chat with them for a little while and then when it came time for the fireworks they're like yeah here, come on up the next one and they sent me up and they basically just let me stay on the ride during the whole fireworks show nice. that was uh, awesome. as just kind of my my big kind of thing and then i i got done with that they're like you want to go marathon the people mover i was like yeah I'll go, I'll go sit on the people mover. And they're like, yeah, you can just stay on. Just keep going around. I was like, okay, dang. So, yeah, those Tomorrowland cast members were just awesome. So, yeah, I had I had a bunch of, like, super awesome cast member interactions. Uh, and that was that was definitely a highlight uh, for sure. It's cast Excellent. members. They're awesome. Like, they're the people that make the magic happen. Uh, without them, it'd just, it'd just be an empty shell. Nice. So... 12 days, 12 parks, every ride completed. And your so, body's got to be done. Right. I'm surprised oh, you yeah. didn't it, say I, I passed out on Astro Orbiter. You <laughs> fell asleep on the people mover. Who yep. hasn't, right? No, so I, I was the, the night before, um, I, I was knocking out a few other rides in Magic Kingdom, and I was on Haunted Mansion. And uh, midway through, I think, I think maybe I was in the attic scene, and it, it broke down for like 10 minutes. And let me tell you, yeah, I was I – was, I was sleeping like I, I was out. I was like, oh, Lordy, like, I don't need to sleep through my alarm again. But uh, but I, I survived. Nice. But yeah, no, I was I was exhausted. All right. So we have a bunch of questions from our listeners, our patrons. We're going to do those in the Patreon after show. So if you want to hear a whole bunch of questions from um, the Patreon listeners, got to catch the after show. But Derek, it is time for the lightning, lightning round. round. All right, dun, dun, dun. right, you better be prepared. It's time for the lightning round where you answer quickly with all our questions here. And there are points. It is scored, but they're all made up. So are you ready? Uh, I think I'm ready. All right. Favorite Disney movie. Okay. Thor Ragnarok. All right. That's I, a I just rewatched that yeah. the other day. It's a good one. All right. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bit of a stretch, I know. But like, if you want classic Disney movie, 101 Dalmatians. Okay. We City don't models. care. Anywhere it's your under lightning the round. Yep. Hey, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm going to give you another one just as a bonus. A semi-modern Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's a great movie. Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, favorite Disney character? Kuzco. All right. Favorite Disney villain? So this one, I'm going Syndrome because... <sighs> that's what I always choose, yep. I can't tell you how many times I pull the when everyone's super, no one will be line. Right, because that's 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 genie plus. There you go. All right, favorite Disney song. Bum 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 bum. Fantasmic. Fantasmic. Yeah, right. there's 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 nothing better than the Fantasmic theme. Although the Disneyland Space Mountain music, that soundtrack, close second. All right, favorite Disney park. All of OG them. Disneyland. OG oh. Disneyland. I'm a sucker for the OG Disneyland. All right. Favorite classic attraction you define classic? 
So I'm going to go with Disneyland Space Mountain. All right. Favorite modern attraction? You define modern. Yeah. So this one, I'm going to go the Beauty and the Beast ride at Tokyo Disneyland. That does okay. look awesome. Need to, yeah. It, it, those animatronics are just otherworldly. All right. Favorite Disney resort? So I, 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 I'm taking this as the, the overall resort, not the, not the resort hotels. Overall resort, uh, I'm going Disneyland Resort because parks. Okay. Uh, I'm not a big like hotel hopper, but if you want an answer for an international resort, Hong Kong. All right. Favorite counter service restaurant? Uh, the the now not open uh, French market at Disneyland for their po' boys. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're I, I will be in, there. I will be interested to see if the po' boys survive the retheme. Because those those are two of my favorite uh, Disneyland uh, lunch options. All right, let's hope so. All right, favorite table service restaurant in the parks, Lamplight Lounge at DCA. But if I'm allowed to go outside the parks and mm-hmm. spend a little bit of money, Napa Rose. Ooh, oh, okay. great, nice. All right, favorite Disney snack. I really loved the Alien Head Mochi in Tokyo. Okay, those look cool. Favorite Disney drink? I am just a a, a water Powerade, sometimes a Sprite man. All right. I, I, I don't. I've never really gotten into any of the custom drinks or the the unique items. All right. This next question almost seems nonsensical, Derek. No. Disney bucket list travel item. So, my bucket list is being able to share the Disneyland Resort experience with the people I love. So um, I, I had the chance to do a challenge run with my dad pre-COVID out there, and that was super special. And I would love the opportunity to be able to take you know, my niece and nephew and show them you know this resort that's so special to me. Um, so things like that uh, I think would be would be really really special. All right. Well, that that, that concludes the lightning, the lightning round. round. Thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you take a minute and let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, so I am at a coaster story. That's a underscore coaster underscore story on Twitter and YouTube. Um, At some point, I don't know when, but I will have video from this challenge. I filmed a heck of a lot of footage. I have almost five terabytes of video to sort through. Um, So it's going to take a little while, but hopefully your patience will be rewarded. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, catch me on Twitter where I will be answering questions and tweeting general thoughts and other things. Uh, you know, hit me up if you've got questions. You know, I, I try to respond when I can. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Looking forward to the video and glad you successfully did this and uh, coming on our show and sharing as I Doug will yeah. probably never do all the uh, parks, let alone all no. the rides. So, uh or there wasn't enough it. napping. There you it, go. Yeah, you got it. You, you got to at least get to him someday. Don't try to string him into one trip. But you got to at least make it there. Well, that's the goal. Get there. It's just you can do it. I believe. I you completed can. every ride at um, in Paris at Studios Park. There you go. Yeah. Oh, like four rides there. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, those Toy Story rides were intense. Actually, you know what? I didn't do Crush's Coaster. Never mind. I take oh, that back. Lied. All right. Well, we're yeah. going to go in. We have a bunch of questions from our Patreon members. If you want to hear those, like which park has the best Starbucks, Joe, uh, we're going to talk about that yeah. and more on the Patreon episode. 
what challenges next is on that uh, after show coming so, up. Yeah, go in the show notes and click that link. And of course, if you want to go to any of those parks, you need to head over to our sponsors. We have a link in the show notes. It'll take you right there. You can get a quote to go to Disney World, Disneyland, any of the parks. If you want to do a challenge, go for it. Let us know how it goes. But that is all the time that we have. So for Nathan and Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.